Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is Dr. Dan. Most of us understand that, that individual freedom, which, which really combines the absence of coercion and the free will to choose, must be accompanied by personal responsibility. Now, for, most, for the most part in our country today, that balance is completely absent. In our society today, we don't have that balance between freedom and personal responsibility. At some point, however, successful people must learn how to anticipate the natural consequences of their actions. Really, that's what parents must do when they're raising children. You have to teach children that for every action they take, there is a naturally occurring consequence, something that will happen. And this is a constant battle. Uh, Education, career, employment, spending, whatever we're involved with, there is that battle of knowing for every move we make, for every words we say, for acts we take, there are a set of consequences that will ensue. Now, most of us, however, do ignore the most important one of these battles, and that is decisions that we make affect our health. Obviously, it's when you're working and you make decisions, we're pretty much attuned to, if I say the wrong thing in front of my boss, he may not like it, I may lose my job or whatever. But we are constantly making decisions all day long, every day from early life. We're making decisions that do affect our health. So you know here on the Freedom Forum and on Freedom Forum Radio, we talk about the sanctity of life, the importance of protecting your body. Some people learn that lesson early in life. They treat their body with respect and the tender, loving care that it deserves. Others don't, and they end up playing catch-up ball. You know that old saying, you are what you eat. Well, we are what we eat. That is really true. But you know, it's more than just the food. It's that a combination of food and emotion. 
Now, my guest on Freedom Forum Radio is someone who had to play catch-up in a major way, make life and death decisions for herself, about herself, about her life, in order to stay alive and to grow and prosper. Now, her journey to health was a learning experience that she now shares with others, and today she's going to share it with my faithful listeners here on Freedom Forum Radio. Her name is Kat James, and so Kat James, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Great to be on the show, Dr. Dan. I have great admiration for what you do, and as I was listening to you, uh, I, I just thought it was a great thing to bring up that we do pay so much attention um, to a lot of things that we do need to give attention to, but we're constantly, as you said, making these decisions from dawn to dusk, and that's what got me into trouble, eventually turning me into a poster child for all of the statistics um, that you hear for people uh, that were, you know, 40, 50 years older than I was when I started to have all my problems. Well, let me start by reading a quote from Mary Christ Anderson, who's the senior fitness editor for Self Magazines, and this is a quote. Kat James is a master of self-transformation, and she should know. She was her own first success story. Hers is the advanced course on inside-out transformation. I mean, that's an important quote. Let me, let me quote from you. I'm going to give you two quotes from yourself, and then we're going to talk a little more. Let me quote from you. My battle was emotional and chemical. No victory could have been had without, with either link missing. And another quote. Yeah. I didn't even know I loved myself until my health crisis. So when I take these three quotes together, one from Mary Anderson and two from you, I'm starting to get a picture that you went through a major crisis, but you did it yourself. You figured out how to make yourself healthy. So tell us your personal story. How did you, in fact, become the master of self-transformation? Well, you know, that's a a quote that's a pretty major quote. I probably might not ever give something like that to myself. But where I came from, ironically, was the superficial world of beauty. I was one of the most quoted makeup experts of the 90s. I worked with Martha Stewart, Sarah Jessica Parker, other celebrities. Um, The irony is is that I was an unusual makeup artist in that most uh, New York City makeup artists were slim and beautiful and I was kind of uh, seen as an oddity on the set with all of these beautiful people. And I had a raging eating disorder by that time. I grew up in Michigan eating hydrogenated everything, uh, horrible food, n- not even real food, um, and then had uh, full-blown bulimia by high school, um, very estrogen-dominant or very wide hips and started doing all sorts of things to lose weight from taking speckled pills uh, that were really just amphetamines to to doing the purging. Uh, and then it developed later. I, I stopped doing the purging, thank goodness, and then just had another form of bulimia. There are several forms of bulimia where you just uh, have periods of binging and periods of starving. 
it's a little bit of a long story I can try to make very short, but eventually my health started to give out when I was in New York City as a makeup artist. Uh, heart palpitations, passing undigested material, horrible rashes. Uh, and so I went to a doctor. They said my liver was failing. Um, and <laughs> that was uh, probably that moment where I refer to realizing that I love myself. Something made me say no to immunosuppressants, uh, interferon. Um, I read about it, and I just somehow was compelled to walk into a health food store and look at the books and read under the index, liver, 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 what can I do to save my own liver? And that was really the first time that it would have been a book that wasn't about calorie counting or dieting or losing weight. And long, another long story short, several appointments back to this liver specialist, my enzymes were normal from six and 700 range for most of the enzymes down to normal. That blew my own mind, and that was the beginning of another kind of phase, and I'm not sure how much time we have, but a phase of incredible healing and learning things along the way and a little bit of a breakthrough where I truly believe my body biochemically um, was so transformed that it had nothing, the demon, you know, the, the eating disorder binging demon had nothing to grab onto, lost about 10 dress sizes after that, a different person in front of me in the mirror, and my diet. I'd never read anything other than maybe Anne-Marie Colbin's book, Food and Healing, which is sort of the opposite from how I eat now. But different things happened, and I became really sensitive to my body, and I evolved toward a, a similar way of eating that, that you recommend. Um, in some ways, it could be seen as more strict and more customized, but I just pieced it together and learned over the years and uh, the physical change is incredible and ironically led to me, you know, being sought after as a superficial, you know, in front of the camera beauty expert again. Uh, and I could, you know, tell you what happened after that. But that led to me, you know, writing the truth about beauty because it was very frustrating to look unrecognizable as the person that I was and then suddenly be invited to talk about eyeshadow and what color lipstick makes your teeth look whiter. And it's just kind of an ironic thing. And my answer to that was to finally um, write a book that, uh, you know, that here I am, a makeup artist. So the only way I could get health information out was to actually do it under this premise, The Truth About Beauty. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Kat James right after this. Well, let's step back for a minute because I, I do want to talk about many, many things. But uh, and we we can talk. Uh, it's like we're talking, sitting here, two friends in front of the fire. So we're going to have a discussion because many people, many, many people have various kinds of of eating problems, eating disorders. Uh, Obviously, obesity is a major problem in this country. It's a, pro a major health problem of uh, diabetes and hypertension and all these other things. Uh, but let's step back for a minute because for you, you really had a, a, what most people would call a, an incredible career. I mean, there you were in New York City. You were uh, dealing with very, very famous people 
helping them appear as they do on television or, or whatever. And amidst yeah. all of that success in business, let's say, or finances mm-hmm. or financial success, there you are uh, doing something that was very self-destructive uh, to yourself. So yeah. what exactly, explain what, what is bulimia? What does that involve? Uh, before we go on to what its effects were, what exactly were you doing uh, that made you so unhealthy? I would say I was set up for different stages. Um, a lot of people think uh, so many things are can be inherited, but they may not necessarily be genetic. Um, I, I think that I was vulnerable to having an odd relationship with food um, because of my upbringing on food that was completely devoid of any nutrition. Well, you know, um, a lot of us, a lot of us, are brought up with the way that our parents eat. I mean, if your parents come yeah. from, or your grandparents came from Central Europe, you you have a, a way of cooking. If your your grandparents came from a Latin American country, all of these all of these different ethnic foods will come into this country and are blended in various ways. But what you obviously were not just eating the way your parents ate. You went a little bit no. further, and so how no, did that happen? Yeah, yeah. So mine was a product of a mother who worked and kind of bought into um, propaganda uh, uh, regarding how to feed your kids. Uh, and so when I when puberty happened for me, all of the women in my family have very wide hips. For example, mine just kind of exploded. And, uh, and then I went on a diet, and I think that's um, where the big problem began because, and it was only in retrospect when I learned some of the science on what happens when very vulnerable people fast or skip meals, which is what any teenage girl who just eats a whole bunch of food, she just doesn't eat for another couple of meals. And I, because I tried to go on a diet, on a low-calorie diet and of course you know everyone knows fat grams have more uh you know more calories (laughs) and so that's the first thing that you cut out and this started to make me binge and i mean it was just uh this this crazy thing it was like wow how did i just you know i i was doing so well on this diet and then all of a sudden the floodgates come down you binge and then you're so disgusted with the binge that you starve and you starve for successfully for a period of time, and then all of a sudden uh, you find yourself binging more than you ever have. And first it was blood sugar swings, but there are there are neurotransmitter things that set in. And uh, again, you know, I've spent so much time afterwards, kind of looking at what happened to me from a scientific standpoint. And you do have rodent studies where you skip meals, and then the next meal is more drug-like from a dopamine receptor. You know, so these things uh, I truly think were happening with me back when I didn't really suspect it. Well, teenage, of course, is a very difficult time anyway, so I'm sure there was a lot of emotional overlay in addition to everything else. So you have that mixture of emotions and your your appearance and everything like that, which is so important to uh, teenagers, whether you're male or whether you're female, I don't care. Your appearance is, and how you relate to your peers is so important, even more than how you relate to your family. 
So what you're saying, though, is, is that you got into a cycle in which you would starve and then you would binge because you probably got so hungry you just you couldn't stop yourself. Yep, yep. And, you know, it's you're, you're, you're on that roller coaster. And, um, you know, and then we know, you know, in retrospect, that what, what's happening with the frequency of this and the horrible things that I had eaten, you know, growing up, is that you're you're more and more vulnerable. You know, your cells are less sensitive to insulin, and it would be, you know, a long, long time before I would ever learn about uh, what leptin was. Um, and uh, so I was just, you get really strapped in to this roller coaster. And, yes, the emotional issues, I dealt with them in college uh, very, very much. I mean, I started read books like Emotional Weight and John Bradshaw, and uh, because I had issues with my mother, the relationship with my mother, and I faced a lot of those things and seemed like the triggers were less initially, but I was, I was stuck, and, I, and in retrospect, entirely biochemically stuck because I did the emotional work, but if you are in that biochemical conundrum, then I can say this from working with so many people for the last 12 years, uh, you, you're stuck there. You have to deal. And very often, once people do deal with the biochemistry, they're amazed that they aren't as, uh, you know, uh, psycho, uh, you know, as they would have thought they were. So what really triggered things off for you is that you did reach a medical, medical health crisis yeah. Something that actually could not be ignored. I mean, you got to a point where with all of the stuff, you were coping, 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 worse, worse, worse. And then finally you ended up with a medical issue that sort of opened your eyes and uh, made you stop, step back and say, this is a bad thing that's happening. Uh, What do I need to do to correct it? Now, a lot of people at that point would go to a specialist. And did you go to specialists at that point? I did. I went to a liver specialist at New York Hospital, uh, and and the, he just simply told me, you know, first he said, "Let's do a biopsy," um, and I said, and I didn't even want to do the biopsy. Um, I said, "Okay, what happens if you find?" Because they tried, they tested for viral hepatitis, and there was none. Um, he said, "Oh, it's, it's non-viral. We know." And I, he said, well, it might be an autoimmune thing. That's what we think it is. And uh, and I said, well, if you find what you're looking for, now if you don't find, either way, he has to put you on this drug. And in looking up what the drug did, and at the time, I, I, I'm sure that I was beyond clinically depressed, uh, and there would be days where I'd stay in bed for three days in a row, and uh, I was an absolute mess, and I, I just had this gut feeling that if I took this drug, looking at this drug that's known for failing at what it's supposed to do, known for causing liver problems, causing depression, I just uh, realized that here I am, I'm going to be going downhill and possibly, I really didn't think I would make it for another two years. I mean, I, I figured I would be dead. That concludes part one of this Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum episode with Kat James. Tune in next week for part two. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government 
is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Oh, me the wind. we